Que pasa, Mufasa? Welcome to the Mycopreneur Podcast, a podcast about people solving problems with mushrooms. I'm your host, Dennis Walker, and today on the program, we've got an extraordinary guest who truly embodies the archetype of the mycopreneur. Today, we are joined by Josephine Nakakandi, the Executive Director of Environmental Conservation and Agricultural Enhancement Uganda, also known as Eco Agric Uganda. Josephine teaches oyster mushroom cultivation and provides microloans to critically vulnerable women in rural Uganda so that they can achieve food security and income generation through the production and distribution of mushrooms. To date, Josephine and EcoAgric Uganda have provided free mushroom cultivation training to over 600 women, and approximately 400 of these mycopreneurs actively run oyster mushroom cultivation operations. As Josephine herself says, she works with people who have nothing. It's hard not to draw parallels to the biblical allegory of the feeding of the multitude, where Jesus fed thousands, starting with a small amount of sustenance. A single mushroom spore print, properly managed, can provide a lifetime of food and medicine to an entire community and can be passed down through generations. Right now, there is a little girl in a slum in Nairobi who will one day contribute breakthrough research to long-distance space travel. But first, she needs clean drinking water, food security, sanitary living conditions, and basic education. The appropriate leveraging of mushroom science can help to nurture and guide her through all of these critical phases of development, starting with the here and the now and on through unimaginable horizons of potential. When interviewing Josephine, I'm reminded of the story of William Kamkwamba, the rural African inventor and entrepreneur whose life story is chronicled in the book, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. William designed and built a functioning wind turbine out of recycled parts after reading about wind turbines in a book called Using Energy. William and his family were too poor to afford school fees in his village in Malawi, and a sympathetic teacher provided unauthorized access to the school library. He was able to build a functioning windmill after reading about it in a book, lacking formal and structured education and mentorship. With the ridiculous amount of innovation occurring under the mega science umbrella of mycology, including critical developments in water filtration, regenerative packaging, medicine, fabrics and materials, even housing and construction materials, the terraforming of asteroids for mining rare minerals, which alone is projected to be a multiple trillion dollar industry. I can't help but imagine what kind of world we could live in if more mycopreneurs like Josephine had access to mushroom education and resources to exponentially accelerate and fulfill the miracle of human potential. This is the story of one woman's journey to radically inoculate her homeland with the abundance and wisdom of mushroom magic. Que pasa, Mufasa? Welcome, Josephine, to the Mycopreneur Podcast. Thank you so much, Dennis. I'm so happy and humbled to be here. Your story is so important and inspiring. So let's start from the beginning. Tell us about your mushroom journey. Where did you start? And how are you solving problems with mushrooms today? I'm Josephine Nakakande. I work with an organization called EcoAgric Uganda. This organization was formed way back in 2007. And I happen to be one of the founders. I'm passionate about supporting women 
economic empowerment. I support them through sustainable farming practices so that they can improve their livelihoods through sustainable farming. And I also support girls stay in school or I support girls to be in school because of what I went through. Mushroom growing was introduced way back in 1989 by the government of Uganda that introduced oyster mushroom growing from Egypt. Mushrooms are important in our traditions and our culture. There are mushrooms that we have locally that are important in our culture. They can never miss. They are served to the groom in our cultural marriages. So they cannot miss. And then they are, they are also medicinal in that they are used when someone, when a child is having measles, they are added into some local herbs and given to the child. And also culturally, when you get um, twins, these mushrooms are served on the meal when you are celebrating having the twins. So mushrooms are really important and they were present even they, they were introduced. We also have mushrooms that we go hunting. Though nowadays I don't go hunting mushrooms, I used to do it. We used to go and hunt mushrooms in the forests, on the anthills, uh, in the different parts. So, and when those mushrooms, when it is a season for hunting mushrooms, we are assured of having sauce and they provide us with food. So we do mushroom hunting and I would like to inform you that the other mushrooms that are important in culture are called obutiko obubala. They are important in the central and both in the southwestern part of Uganda. Earlier this week, we were on a Zoom call that was graciously hosted by Darren of Mushroom Hour. And I heard you mention the wild mushroom you just talked about. I believe you called it Obutiko Abu Bwala. I definitely butcher that pronunciation. That's in your local dialect. We theorize this to perhaps be the Phallus induciatus, also known as the bamboo mushroom or the long net stinkhorn mushroom which is found across Africa and other regions of the world, and which is rich in protein, carbohydrates, and dietary fiber. And in particular, your description of the ceremonial use of this mushroom and in intercultural tribal weddings, as well as it needing to be the first meal that is served to newborn twins, that got everyone's attention. It certainly got my attention. Now in 2008, remember Kavrik Uganda was established in 2007. So I was looking out for different ways of supporting women in this case, I went and attended a workshop with Hoima District Local Government, a workshop in mushroom growing. During this workshop, we were trained in mushroom growing and the different requirements for mushroom growing. It is here that I picked interest in mushroom growing and I started training women or training the different people I was working with in mushroom growing. Now, while I promoted mushroom growing, there are some perceptions that came up 
For example, mushrooms needed special house for construction. They needed a special house where they needed to be grown. That was something very important. Now we as the Kabrik Uganda, we support the critically vulnerable. Those are the people I work with, or those are the people that the Kabrik Uganda works with. Now, these are the people that do not have a meal. In case they have a meal, they have porridge. And this porridge is composed of corn mixed with water, boiled, no sugar. That is, they don't have food, they don't have shelter, their children to, do not go to school, those children that go to school, they arrive late, they lack scholastic materials, they do not earn a dollar in a day, or they earn less than a dollar a day. So they don't have shelter, they don't have anything. So here we are, we are promoting mushroom growing, and we are telling these people that these people need to grow mushrooms, but they do not have anything and they do not have food. So as another challenge was the spawn, the spawn for mushroom growing was found in Kampala. Kampala is the capital city of Uganda. So this spawn was found in Kampala and it was very expensive. And more so, though I had attended a training, I was not so well conversant with mushroom growing. However, I needed to promote mushroom growing because it is simple to grow. It has high health benefits with a high market demand. And given that we work with the critically vulnerable, mushroom growing can be done in a very small space. And the mushrooms that we are promoting, that were oyster mushrooms, where uh, they mature very fast. Within six weeks, you have the mushrooms. More so, these mushrooms can be grown from locally available cheap materials. Now, as I looked around, I was lucky that in 2010, EcoAgric Uganda got a four-year funding from an, a foundation called the Vibrant Village Foundation. This funding was aimed at promoting vegetable growing. Now, it was promoting vegetable growing among 300 women while also supporting education among 300 girls. I'm not going to talk about education. I'm going to talk about the vegetables. Now, the vegetables that were being promoted were tomatoes, kale, and other vegetables, plus mushrooms. We advertised and contracted a company to support us in mushroom growing. Now, when we contracted this company, they told us, though you are promoting oyster mushroom growing, button mushrooms are highly, are highly profitable because a kilogram of oyster mushrooms was going for 2,000 Uganda shillings, which was less than a dollar, but a kilogram of button mushrooms was being bought at more than 8,000, at 8,000 shillings, which is more than 2.5 US dollars. For many first-time and beginner mushroom growers, 
there are challenges that arise in the process. Were you immediately successful with your mushroom grows? Or did you encounter any adversity or challenges like the rest of us budding mycopreneurs? We prepared half a ton, procured everything, and we, got, we had got the expatriate or the company which came to train us. I would like to inform you in half a ton, we never got anything, not a single mushroom. This was the worst part of my life. Remember, the expatriate was training me with the farmers. However, the good thing was before, before we started buying the substrate and everything, we started with constructing the sheds, which will be used in mushroom growing. So the farmers had the sheds. But when we planted the mushroom, nothing grew at all. So we went ahead and we planted other mushrooms. And this time it was in 200 kilograms of substrate. And in 200 kilograms, we got only two button mushrooms. Count them, not kilograms, but two. One, two mushrooms. We had to go back to the drawing board. And when we said no, we were advised to grow oyster mushrooms. At this point, we got 200 kilograms of substrate. When we planted the 200 kilograms of substrate with oyster, we got two kilograms. This was the breaking point. This indicated that there was a ray of light. I was so happy. And then what we did was to go on and grow the mushrooms. So I was so happy to get two kilograms from 200 kilograms of substrate because I knew these ones would germinate. Now, there we are implementing a project funded by the Vibrant Village Foundation. It is a four-year project. And yes, we are going on. So in the second year of the project, we were, I was advised to get another person. I got my colleague worked with my colleague and we started by setting up two demonstration sites. We set up one demonstration site at the organization's office and another one at home. Now, as we set up these demonstration sites, we went to the different parts of Uganda. We went to Fort Porto, we went to Mbarara to see other people that were growing mushrooms and we shared with them. And it is at this point that the Uganda private increased the shelf life of some funding and we introduced some local dryers to prolong the shelf life of the mushroom. Mushroom cultivation is a beautiful learning process and I've learned a lot about myself and my own adventures in mycology. Some of the things that I'm learning are the importance of cleanliness, being clean and organized. I've also been learning patience, which is such a difficult thing for me personally. I've been learning to be consistent. That's another important angle that I've taken away from my mushroom cultivation practice. Consistency, not cutting corners and not abdicating responsibility for my own personal well-being and the well-being of the mushrooms. What are some of the things that you've learned throughout your journey as a micropreneur? So as we implemented this project, there are some things we, that we learned. The first thing was that setting up a simple, mush, uh, a simple mushroom growing business 
you need $81. And these $81 will be used for buying spray pumps, metallic drum, uh, polythene materials for the darkening room, strings for hanging a jerry can, buying a substrate, and also it will be used if you would add other requirements like the spawn, the lime to neutralize the pH, the supplements, disinfectants, uh, firewood, then at least $147.2 are required for mushroom growing for each farmer as a startup capital. So th that is one of the things that we learned and we are happy that at that moment, we had broken through. So since we started, we at the Kagrik Uganda, we have trained 678 women. So there are farmers that involved in mushroom growing and we have 400, though we have trained over 600 of them. And we as an organization, we would like to spread mushroom growing to different parts of the country, for example, Hoima district. Though we've been successful in mushroom growing and we still have a very big market because I would like to tell you that now we don't even dry up, they are taken fresh. There are some things that have really affected us at this moment. There is poor, scarce and expensive spawn and substrate. If I talk about the spawn, the spawn does not colonize well. The spawn is very weak. The substrate that we use is cotton husks. It is very scarce, not easily available, and hence has become very expensive. This has affected farmers that they no longer break through. Now, the spawn, because it is poor, there is poor colonization. So the substrate is expensive with the poor colonization. This has affected our mushroom growing. So it is at this time I started sharing my mushroom growing techniques with the world through my Facebook account. Now, when I shared this, uh, this is when I got people like you who have seen me and picked interest to support me and put the world out there. I have welcome to Mushroom Hour, who has been supporting me in different ways, Brett Bado, Arthur Shrumama, Nick Sanford, Mike Tyson, and very many are coming up. For example, Joy Foy helped me, even if there are some videos for mushroom growing. Joy Foy helped me, even if there are some videos for mushroom growing. There are sometimes when you fail to understand, I would like to give an example. People were advising me to use cardboards, but I didn't know what cardboards were exactly. I used to think that cardboards are the ones that we have to use for the ceiling until uh, Joy Foy came out and supported me and showed me through Messenger how to use the cardboards that I was able to break through and make some spawn using cardboards. So one of the most important lessons I've learned in mushroom growing is that the most important thing in mushroom growing is having people, people who can 
advise people who can guide. You could be having the money, but the knowledge is with other people outside there. I have learned to make and produce spawn myself. I have learned it from friends like you, people who see my work, who see what I do, they advise, comment, share. And so far, I have made spawn that has supported 27 women grow mushrooms. This spawn has been got from funding, which is worth $1,955 US dollars. And I've already told you I've got a friend who has helped me design a mushroom house, and we are finalizing with the plan. It has taken us eight solid months having regular meetings with her. She's called Iris. Uh, I always have regular meetings where we sit and discuss, and she has helped me design a low-cost mushroom house that can be used for my as my demonstration and to improve the quality and quantity of mushrooms that are produced. What are some of the other ways beyond supporting your mushroom cultivation program, which actively has a campaign through givingway.com, and I'm going to link that to the episode, and I encourage any listeners who are moved by Josephine's story to contribute to that because it absolutely goes to her and you will be able to see the results. What are some of the other ways that our listeners can help to support Eco Agric Uganda and your work? Um, in the face of supporting 120 women to do commercial mushroom growing. So I would like to support these women with having a demonstration site. These women are far away from Wakiso, having demonstration sites, having items to support them in mushroom growing. And after one month, these women will be able to make a profit of four to $6 per day. Remember, these are women that will, do not have food. These are women that do not have anything. They are in the middle of nowhere. And the savings from these mushrooms will help these women take their children to school, pay school fees, and get scholastic materials. And on top of that, the women will be able to have food. Mushrooms provide instant food. For example, when we had that mushroom boom production, when we had a boom production, we were able to learn how to market locally. And you would find that buying corn, you need something like 2,000 to buy the corn. So the moment you have mushrooms, you have the sauce. You only need to look for corn, which is food for that day. And mushrooms are highly nutritious and healthy. So you just need 2,000 Uganda shillings to buy corn, or 2,000 to 400 to 4,000, which is less than $1. I humbly request you to get some people that would be interested to come together. I would like to work with people people to advise me, people to follow my work, people to donate, yes, so that I can support these women grow mushrooms for income. I'm very passionate about supporting women and girls, especially because of my background. Now, I support girls with the sanitary pads. 
anyone out there, please send us sanitary pads. I would like to tell you that there are girls that do not go out of the house because they do not have sanitary pads. There are girls that do not go to school because they do not have sanitary pads. So anyone that can send us sanitary pads, we are really happy. We have a post office box number through which they can send these sanitary pads. Then also, we are requesting for scholastic materials and anyone can come out and support a girl. We have a, we have a number of girls. They are on our website, so you can reach out there, select a girl and support a girl, go through her education and fulfill her dreams. I would also request for people to send us anything. We welcome anything that can help these girls stay in school. And we are also constructing a, a school for these children. We have four classrooms already constructed. We still need to four more classrooms, three more classrooms to be constructed, plus a dormitory. So anyone can give a gift in, in while commemorating or celebrating a loved one. And yes, that classroom will be dedicated to the loved one. So you can help us construct a school, finish up with a school. You can help us with supporting girls in school. You can provide us with sanitary parts or scholastic material or anything you can have. Josephine, thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on our podcast today and for sharing your story with our listeners. I'm tremendously inspired by your uplifting and resourceful approach to solving problems with mushrooms. This is what a micropreneur is. You fully embody the values of the micropreneur. I'm very humbled to be at your service. Thanks for coming on the Micropreneur Podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for supporting me. Thank you so much for choosing to stand with me. I'm so much humbled and a very big thank you to everyone who has listened in, who has supported and who wants to support. Thank you so much. Anyone can reach me through an email called ecoagricuganda at gmail.com or my telephone number, which is on WhatsApp, plus 256-772-5864-95. Thank you so much and please, be blessed, much love. We really just scratched the surface in this interview and there are so many different angles that we haven't covered. One of the issues that I think can be addressed with mushroom cultivation and with the micropreneurship that Josephine is exercising stewardship over right now is that Uganda is the most favorable and welcoming country in the world for refugees. There are at least 1.2 million refugees living in Uganda at this moment, and many of them are from South Sudan, which is the world's newest country, and a country of tremendous humanitarian and political crisis. Uganda gives all refugees a small plot of land, the right to work, and access to local schools and healthcare. Josephine's mushroom education outreach and oyster cultivation micropreneurship courses would be an extraordinary benefit to these refugees who arrive in their new country at a disadvantage and who need to find a way to earn a living in their adopted homeland. There is so much ground to cover with this issue, and I definitely foresee 
my relationship with Josephine and the relationship of our platform and community with Josephine to be an ongoing development, something that needs active nurturing and needs people and boots on the ground and needs all hands on deck. This is a tremendously worthy cause and something I'm personally extremely happy to support and I'm very grateful to have a small opportunity to support this incredible woman and her story. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you feel moved by this episode, I encourage you to reach out to Josephine directly. She dropped her WhatsApp number, her personal point of contact. Don't be shy. We need all hands on deck. There's a tremendous amount of possibility that exists when we come together as a community of mushroom advocates and as citizen diplomats and citizen scientists. I wholeheartedly believe in that. And this is one small example of how citizen diplomacy at an international scale and micropreneurs can actively revolutionize the world and make a huge, enormous, life-changing difference for families, for communities, and for entire regions and beyond. I firmly believe that all of us who have this blessing to be graced with the technology to be able to make a podcast or listen to a podcast, to cultivate mushrooms or consume mushrooms, all of us have a responsibility to elevate our fellow humans towards their full potential. If there's some way that we can serve our fellow humans, it is up to us as individuals and as communities to solve the problems in the world. We cannot outsource them and rely upon hierarchical systems of power. It's up to us. We have the power in our hands and we have the knowledge and the ability to radically revolutionize the world. And I believe that we can achieve a world of food security, equitable access to clean water, safe and sanitary living conditions, and education for everyone on the planet. And what a world that would be to live in. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, if you have questions or comments or ideas about how we can accelerate and build and fulfill the potential of the Micropreneur podcast, they are most welcome. There's so much to cover in the mushroom universe and so many micropreneurs leveraging the infinite potential of fungi to create a more ecologically balanced, inclusive, and equitable world for all of us mischievous little monkeys. I am completely stoked that you've chosen to spend some of your hard-earned time in our little corner of the microverse. Hop on the gram, say what's up, at Micopreneur Podcast. That's the handle. Don't get it twisted. We've got the full suite of social media up and running. Twitter, Micopreneur. Got the YouTubes dialed in, Micopreneur. Drop us a line. Tell your grandma and your kooky uncle. Tell your wife and your kids. If you're a micropreneur yourself, you want to hop on the pod, by all means, willkommen, bienvenidos, welcome. Don't be a stranger. Let us know your thoughts on this episode, and also let us know what you want to hear in future episodes. This is a team effort. Thanks for stopping by the Micropreneur Podcast. Have a lovely day. We'll see you back here next week.